I said, give God, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nusseh, Jehovah Sidkenu, give God some praise. Yeah! He's been good to me. Father, thank you for who you are. Lord, we don't know why, but you choose to love us. And for that, we say thank you. We humble our hearts before you. Father, we recognize that this season is all about you. We give you all glory, all honor, and all praise. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Good morning. How y'all doing? Don't mess with me this morning. I, I, I didn't even preach at the first service. We had church. I woke up this morning with a song on my heart. Amen. We ain't gonna, I ain't never, come on, we ain't going to do that. Amen. Well, y'all better stop it. Y'all know I don't care nothing about I can't sing. When they said make a joyful noise, God wrote that for me. <laughs> amen, amen, amen. Let's get to the word of God. Hey, it's Christmas, man. And I got a question for you. Have you ever waited for something for a long, long time? Come on, talk to me. Anybody ever waited for something for a long time? Imagine waiting for 2,000 years for something. 2,000 years. That's how long the world had been waiting for the Savior to be born. And usually, right before whatever you're waiting on happens, usually uh, before that day, uh, some stuff starts to happen to let you know that it's getting close. You know, things that make you excited about that day. Kind of like bridal showers and bachelor parties before the wedding. Uh, kind of like senior pictures before graduation. It's like laying out your clothes. Somebody know what I'm talking about? Before the first day of school. Anybody used to do that? Come on now, do kids still do that? They don't do that no more, huh? That's called we give them too much. We didn't get new clothes all the time, so the first day of school was one of the rare times that we got new clothes, and what would you do with those clothes? You would iron them up and press them up, and then you didn't hang them back in the closet. What you did with them clothes? You laid them out on the bed. Come on, tell the truth about it. And then you ain't just lay them on the bed. You put them in the order that you was going to be wearing them. Am I right about it? You put your shirt up there, and then you put your pants, and then you, put, and then you stuff the socks in the shoes. Come on, somebody. Somebody know what I'm talking about. And then what you did, you took a step back like, oh, oh. I'm going to be shining on them tomorrow. Nobody, if somebody step on my shoes, we fighting. It was anticipation. It was excitement. You, you were excited about the day. It, it, you were anticipating the day. It's like the smell of food before Christmas dinner. Ain't nothing like pulling up to your grandma's house. Come on, I know I get a witness on this. 
and the smell. And, and your grandma, she don't have no big house. She got an old house. And so the smell escapes the house. And, and you pull up your grandma's house, you smell chicken and dumplings. Lord, have mercy. Come on, somebody. You, you, you smell gumbo. And then you walk in and you see banana pudding. And you start thinking in your mind, oh, it's about to go down. And, and you're excited. And, and what are you thinking? You're thinking, Lord, please don't let my super saved cousin do the blessing this year. Why? Because she's drunk and she's going to pray all day. We ain't got to cross Moses over the chili Jordan for Christmas. It's about Jesus. Why are you talking about Noah? I'm hungry. I'm ready to eat. You anticipate the day. Listen, listen, listen. That was what it was like for people when John the Baptist was born in Luke chapter 1. The Bible says that the people rejoiced when he was born. And the reason why they rejoiced when John the Baptist was born is because his birth meant that the moment that they had been waiting for was almost here. And the joy that God's people would have in Jesus was so real and so intense because the fact that John the Baptist was here meant that the king was on the way. In Luke chapter 2, the Bible was born, and Luke 2 and 9 reads this way. Come on, read it with me. It says, and an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory, stop, 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 stop. Y'all, listen, read it like your grandma made you do your part. What she told you, if you do your part good, you can open your Christmas present early. Ain't that what she told you? If you read this good, y'all can open y'all Christmas presents early. Come on. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. Why were they frightened, Pastor? Here's the reason why they were frightened. Because they were shepherds, and they were in the field. Doing their shepherd thing, whatever shepherds do, beating and keeping sheep and beating back wolves and beating back lions. And then all was still and they were chilling and the lions and the bears and the tigers were gone and the sheep were asleep. And they were chilling, telling lies and all that kind of stuff that people do around campfires. And then out of nowhere, what happens? An angel shows up. And angels don't show up on a regular basis. This was totally out of the ordinary. I mean, think about it. If you're sitting there chilling, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, an angel shows up. Think about it. They don't appear to people on a regular basis. And if you're here today, and angels appear to you, on a regular basis. I mean, I know the Bible says that we often entertain angels unaware, but the key word in that verse is unaware. So if you're here today and on a regular basis, angels appear to you and you're aware, 
all the time that there are angels around? Chances are. And that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> so naturally, the first thing that happened was they got scared. And the angel addresses this right away. Look what it says in Luke 2.10. That's what it says. He says, but the angel said to them, read those next four words with me. Do not be afraid. Put your fears to the side. Don't be scared. Why? For behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the... He said, don't be scared. I got good news for you. Calm down. I'm not here to smite you. I'm not here to kill you. I'm not here to do you anything bad. I'm here with good news. And this is not just good news for a few people. You see, babies are born all the time. And that's good news to the family. I was so excited a couple of weeks ago. Y'all know my grandbaby was born. I've been taking trips back and forth like crazy to see my little grandbaby. And I'm so excited about it. And some of y'all been looking at me like I'm crazy. I don't care how you look at me. Ain't my fault my grandbaby cute. It's not my fault. You worked that out with the Lord. They're born all the time, and it's good news for the family. But this particular baby, he says, it's going to be news, good news, and bring joy for all the what? All the people. Why did he say for all the people, Pastor? Well, the reason why he said that is because this baby who was born in Bethlehem wasn't just a baby. Was he a prince, Pastor? No, even though that would have been special. Was he a king? Well, no, as eventful as that would have been. Was he a prophet, pastor? No, as spiritual as that would have been. That's not why it was good news to all people. See, this child who was born was not just a prince, but instead he was the prince of peace. This child who was born was not just the king, but instead he was king of kings and lord of lords. And the joy that the angels announced at his birth, the good news of great joy is that as, at long last, the long-awaited hope of Israel, the Christ, the anointed one about whom all the prophets had spoken, had finally come. And that's why it was good news for all people. But there was a problem. What was the problem, Pastor? The problem was the same for them that it is for many of us. And that is that although they had been waiting in expectation, although they had been longing his arrival, he didn't come like they expected him to come. He came to shepherds, first of all. These are not kings, these are not rulers, these are not scribes or Pharisees. They are not the learned and influential, they are not the esteemed of the day. As a matter of fact, they are the exact opposite. They live near the lowest rung of society. I told you last week that nobody wanted to be bothered with a shepherd because they were unreligious, they were thieves, and then they stunk like sheep. And even if they were religious and they were not thieves, who wants to be around somebody with bad B.O.? Nobody. 
And if you don't mind being around somebody with bad body odor, chances are. <laughs> Luke 2.12 says this. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. He didn't come like they expected him to come. He was wrapped in a manger. He was in a manger, wrapped in swaddling cloths. Not in a castle, not in a palace, not at a hospital, not even in a house and a crib. He's born in a stable, wrapped in the cheapest material, and he's so helpless, this so-called king of kings and lord of lords, that he needs a swaddle in order to sleep. And then they laid him in a feeding trough, some kind of arrangements that you make for a king. I mean, if it had been us, we would have been wondering, God, you couldn't do better than this. But from the very beginning, and the part that we a lot of times miss, is that when God moves, he doesn't do it in the world's terms. He doesn't do it according to popular expectations. And the truth is, that's why many of us miss the move of God in our lives. Because it's never, most of the time, it's not at all like we ever imagined it. But instead, God moves like he wants to move, when he wants to move, and how he wants to move. And most of the time, it looks absolutely nothing like we want it to look like. And I'm sitting here looking at some folks, and as you look back over this year, you're really not that excited about Christmas. You're just anticipating the new year, and the reason why is because in your life, God hadn't necessarily moved like you want him to move. He hadn't necessarily showed up like you want him to show up. Things don't look like you want them to look and you're sitting here and you're going, God, why in the world did you move or not move in my life like this this year? And there's something that's for the shepherds that I think is from us, for us as well. See, this presentation was not about the worth and merit of the shepherds because the glory is not theirs. He didn't come to royalty because the glory is not for them. He came unlike mankind wanted him to because this wasn't about mankind's deservedness. He didn't come in fancy clothes because it's not about what mankind values, but instead this declaration of glory is not to them. Just like when God shows up in our lives, a lot of times he does it in unexpected ways. Why does he do that, Pastor? That gets on my nerves because I have this picture of how I want God to show up in my life. I have this picture of exactly what I want him to do. And I just cannot get for the life of me why he never shows up like he, I want him to show up when I want him to show up and how I want him to show up. And the reason why is because just like the glory wasn't for the shepherds, wasn't for the kings, wasn't for the people of that day, the glory is not for you. And the reason why God doesn't show up 
when you want him to, like you want him to, how you want him to, is because at the end of the day, if he did, you would say, I did that. But when God shows up like he wants to, when God shows up when he wants to, when he puts things together in the way that he wants to do it, at the end of the day, you got to say, if it had not been for the Lord on my side, I don't know how I would have made it. It ain't for your glory. It's for the glory of God. It's like many of us, we, we right now, you know, we've gone through this Christmas season. I see y'all sitting there looking all purdy. It's Christmas Eve. We're going to the Christmas Eve service. We're going to look cute. Come now, little Johnny and little Jill and little Jack. Don't mess up your dresses. Keep your trousers straight. Your shoes shine, and every string of hair in its place. Why? We're at the Christmas Eve service. And see, me, I'm mother, I've made up my face just perfectly. And I'm not going to be sweating, giving glory to God and praising him because my makeup is perfect. I spent $75 on this Queen Virgin Remy. I don't want my weave to fall out. But can I tell you something? Emory had surgery last week. And Wednesday he had the surgery. Wednesday night he didn't sleep. He woke up every two or three hours in pain from where they had cut his bone back. Thursday night he didn't sleep. He woke up every two or three hours in screeching pain. And like any parent, Joyce handled it better than I do, but I just can't stand to see my kid in pain. But Joyce woke up this morning, and the first thing out of her mouth was not good morning, baby. The first thing out of her mouth was not Merry Christmas. The first thing out of her mouth was, thank you, Lord. My child slept all night. She was giving glory to God because she recognized what many of us take for granted. And that is, you don't have to sleep in peace. You don't have to sleep without pain. You don't have to go through the night and not wake up. But God allows you to do that. I'm looking at some folk, and you know what you need to say? Forget about this makeup. Forget about this Queen Virgin Remy. Forget about these nice clothes. Thank you, Lord, for watching over me. Thank you, Lord, for protecting me. Thank you, Lord, for keeping me. May not be what I want, but glory. You kept me. Glory. I'm here another day. Come on. Give God some praise. I said give him praise. I said praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. With our heads bowed, Father, thank you for your word. And Lord, all of the glory.
all of the praise, it all belongs 